Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Puppies and kitties. Books and movies. Yes, we love these. Listen to this podcast, please. Hello. Hi. Hello. For the first time. For the first time ever. Welcome to Book Squad Goals. <laughs> this is actually our first episode ever. We no. are going back in time. The Ignore past the three years was a hallucination. Actually, we are in the 100s. We're firmly into the 100s now. We are a well-established pod. Thank you for your support. Uh, We're kind of pros at this. Looking for some ad so. revenue, though, so hit us up. Blue Apron yeah. or a network. Hello perhaps. Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys mm. still do podcast ads? If so, I'm we're partial here. to Purple Carrot. You can start with us. <laughs> purple Carrot. Mm-hmm. Well, today we are discussing two things that are cult themed. The first is the novel The Project by Courtney Summers. It's a YA novel. And after that, uh, you will hear an interview that I did with Sarah Edmondson, the author of Scarred, the true story of how I escaped Nexium, the cult that bound my life. You might recognize her name from HBO's The Vow. Um, Yeah, so excited about both of these things. And I think this is the first time we've ever had somebody who's been on HBO. (laughs) Yeah, it probably is. That's a pretty big deal. Talked about HBO before. We've talked about HBO extensively, I would say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Covering many HBO shows. Uh, I've talked about The Vow. That was one of my Mm -hmm. 2020 favorite things. Uh, I'm here for the cult content. Dreams are coming true. But first, we're going to get into The Vow. Or The Vow. First, we're going to get into (laughs) The Project. Similar sounding name. Mm and you my intro question for this is, what kind of cult would you accidentally join? You know, like you didn't know it was a cult because people usually don't when they join something. And then later you would find out, mm, maybe it was. Does an MLM, MLM count? To think yes. Yes, MLMs <laughs> definitely count. <laughs> I think I would get sucked into like an essential oil MLM real easy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Mary got me an MLM gift. I did. (laughs) I'll have to show you Like, from an MLM? Uh, Yes. Two of my sisters are in MLMs, 
One of them is in Cincy and sells like wax melts and things. And they were doing a Pua doll. And there's like a little scent pouch in his butt. Aww, that's pretty cute. <laughs> he was cute. just too cute. He's very cute. He's very cute. And his ears are like textured in a nice way. Yeah. It's like corduroy. Yeah. I'll keep mine short and sweet. I think probably some kind of like artist's commune would make sense yep. for me. So That was Kelly. The first that was one Kelly. was Kelly. I don't know if we're introducing ourselves. Um, I'm Emily. Um <laughs> I uh, I think working out is probably, like, my version of religion. It's, like, that sounds really bad, but <laughs> it's, like, my mental health, you know? It's, like, what I need to practice every day to, like, stay grounded and, like, feel, I don't know, like, connected to whatever I need to feel connected to, if that makes sense. Um, and obviously I'm a pure bar instructor. So if that turned out to be a cult, um, I'm fully in already. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, I think I would probably join some kind of plant based cult. Um, (laughs) if you walked into my house right now, you might think that I did already join some sort of like plant mom's cult. (laughs) Um, I referred to myself as a plant mom recently, and then I had to have a like a heart to heart with myself about that. Um, How do your dogs feel about you identifying as a plant mom and not a dog mom? Oh, I also identify as a dog mom. I get ads for shirts that are like plant mom and dog mom, so that should tell you <laughs> that maybe I'm already being targeted <laughs> for some of these things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so something like that. I think I would, like, I could, like, farm stuff, but also keep it all over my house and, like, tell people that they are watering their plants wrong. Yeah, I think, honestly, that. all of our cults could combine into a pretty successful mega cult. With a mm-hmm. with a side of multi-level marketing so that we could make some money off of it. Yeah, well, but I mean, only you're going to be no growing under plants. Us make money because we'd be at the top of the pyramid. Which is the important part. We will be making the essential oils out of the plants that you grow. We will offer workshops in art and fitness. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. It is Mm -hmm. perfect. All right. Start thinking about names. And by our next meeting, I want to hear some suggestions to workshop. I mean, apparently you don't have to have a great name. (laughs) You don't. (laughs) Many cults are called like the family. Yep. (laughs) Things like that. Literally or, you know, more like than book, one book squad Called goals. That. That could book be squad goals. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into the project by Courtney Summers, um, and we'll follow that with the interview with Sarah. All right. The Goodread summary, as is our custom, from Courtney Summers, the New York Times bestselling author of the 2019 Edgar Award winner and breakout hit Sadie, comes her electrifying follow-up, a suspenseful, pulls-no-punches story about an aspiring young journalist <laughs> determined to save her sister no matter the cost. Lo Denham is used to being on her own. After her parents died in a tragic car accident, her sister B joined the elusive community called the Unity Project, leaving Lo to fend for herself. Desperate not to lose the only family she has left, Lo has spent the last six years trying to reconnect with B, only to be met with radio silence. 
When Lowe's given the perfect opportunity to gain access to B's reclusive life, she thinks they're going they're finally going to be reunited. I almost made it all the way through this without <laughs> screwing up. Not quite. Okay, but it's difficult to find time, someone so. who doesn't want to be found, and as Lowe delves deeper into the project and its charismatic leader, she begins to realize that there's more at risk than just her relationship with B. Her very life might be in danger. As she uncovers more questions than answers at each turn, everything Lowe thought she knew about herself, her sister, and the world is upended. One thing doesn't change, though, and that's what keeps her going. B needs her, and Lowe will do anything to save her. Huh. Should we do a spoiler warning? There will be yes. spoilers. I even wrote that in here and forgot to say it, so we are <laughs> going to spoil this. Uh, yeah. We will also be spoiling... Don't come um, for us. Sarah Edmondson's book Scarred later as well. But um, if you've watched Spoiler. anything about her, you already knew that story. She leaves the cult. Spoiler. <laughs> cult spoilers <laughs> all around. Okay. So let's start with the structure of this novel. It switches between Lowe's first person narration, which is in like 2017, 2018, and then B's story from years earlier. And her parts are told in the third person. Why is this novel structured this way? And how did that structure and narration work for you? I couldn't tell you. Well, so <laughs> I I think I'm the only one who read Courtney Summers' other novel, mm-hmm. um, Sadie, um, which I really like Sadie. I think it's a really good book. Um and this that was kind of structured similarly, and I feel like that's like a thing that she's doing is like it worked better for me in that one, though, and I'll talk about why. Um, Sadie is a story about a girl who's, like, seeking revenge for the murder of her younger sister. And so half the story is, like, her journey to, like, getting revenge. And the other half is a podcast that's being, like, recorded about... Sadie and like mm-hmm. looking for her. So it's similar in that you've kind of like got one story that's like, this is how it's playing out. And then you have the podcast that's <clears throat> like, what happened to her? Where is she? Right. You know? Um, it, unlike this though, with Sadie, both, both things were happening simultaneously. So like you would see something happen in, one of the chapters with the girl and then you would go to the podcast and they'd be like a few steps behind and get there and like be trying to make sense of like what happened. Mm -hmm. But like you as the reader kind of like have knowledge that the podcast doesn't have. Um, It's really good on audiobook because it like, it sounds like a podcast. Um, But with this, it, I guess, like, I was – I couldn't help but compare it because I felt like that the setup was kind of similar in that you've got one timeline showing us, like, how <clears throat> how B gets involved in the cult. And then you have another, the other one where Lo is trying to figure out, like, what's going on with this cult. Um, but I think having it go back and forth in time kind of slowed it down a little bit for me. Like, it wasn't propelling forward in the same way that I felt like Sadie was. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, like, I read plenty of 
books where we have separate timelines and one of them's like in the past and one of them's in the future. But I think because these like these two character stories are so connected, it felt almost like um, it was withholding a lot of information. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it just felt like it kind of it slowed it down for me a lot, I think was the main thing. I I agree. I mean, I guess like the practical reason why we get this third person narration from B is she can't provide a first person narration. <laughs> yeah. For reasons. Um do you figure out the reasons? <laughs> but it like that didn't become apparent until the very end to me. And so the whole time I was like, why is she doing this? And yeah, it like, does. Why it's she slow- just talk to her sister. It, you know? it messes with the pacing, like Emily said. Like it kind of, you get into this momentum with low, and then it's like, well, now we're back several years. It's just kind of wonky. It wasn't necessarily like the worst structure I've ever read. I didn't hate it. No. But I did like pause and consider it as a structure which kind of like takes you out of it. Same here. I definitely thought about that as I was reading it. And in the very beginning there's also like a piece of their childhood and, and and then there's, like, ages dropped in, and I had to actively, like, subtract. Like, okay, so now we're in this year, so that would make them six years older than they were when this happened. Oh, yeah. So they're now this age yeah. and this age. And, like, for some reason at the beginning, maybe it's because it made me do math, it took me way longer than it normally does to really get in it. I didn't do the math. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> It doesn't matter. How old are they supposed to be? I just, I was like, B's like, what, four, five years older? Four years? I don't know. Yeah. I know, like, B's like 19 when she gets pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I know the basic age difference, so that's probably enough. Did Mm -hmm. all of you listen to it? I listened to it, yeah. I read it. Okay. I was going to say, maybe it's because I was reading it that it... You know, like seeing the year, and then I'm. Oh no, I saw it. Then I did. (laughs) (laughs) I just was like, they'll tell me this later. (laughs) Maybe it's also because the timelines are not that far apart. Yeah, yeah. You know, there. It's like a handful Mm -hmm. of years. It's like it's about five years at first, but then you know, as as B's timeline moves forward, it mm-hmm. gets to 2017, which is the year before where we are right now. So maybe that's something that threw me off. But for some reason, I had to like keep regrounding myself, and that bothered me quite a bit. Mm hmm. Yeah. Kelly's like, I don't I mean, really care. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm the only person who hasn't said anything about this because for me, I was just kind of like, I don't know. I didn't really think about it that much because I guess I was thinking obviously something because it's structured this way, this means that we are leading up to finding out something uh, about why B is not talking to her sister. 
Uh, because at first, you can tell that she's very attached to her sister. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I was kind of under the impression that we would be learning something sketch that went on <laughs> with B. And I was like, okay, I guess we're just leading up to that. And I was like, okay, I'm interested-ish in learning about, you know, how she got pregnant and how all this went down and, you know, whatever. Um, But I I see what you mean about how it slowed the momentum down, definitely. Uh, And it was also interesting because we were getting first person from low and then third person in B's chapters, which kind of... And this is, like, probably the main issue that I have is that I felt like I knew Lo a lot more than I knew B. Yeah. Um, B's entire set, like, she just felt very removed and her motivations were less clear to me. Um, so, yeah. But but overall, like, the structure itself, I was fine with it. I, but also, I was listening to it and... It was, like, moving fast. Like, I listened to it really fast, so um, I think that also helped me not get, like, wrapped up in that. And there are, like, two narrators, which is, uh, you know, helpful for switching mm-hmm. things up, I guess. On the audiobook, I mean two narrators. It took everything within me just now not to be like, yeah, there was a really juicy sex scene. You guys all remember that, right? <laughs> oh, not Stop. Kelly? leave me alone (laughs) it's not april fools just little throwback to our last episode throwback i missed the veiny shaft kelly just spaced it out completely i was like cleaning my room which is a decidedly unsexy task and just kind of zoned out while they were having their sex scene Technically, there were some sex scenes in this, but they were. Yeah, but it's like not what you want. No, no, no. It's like, <laughs> well, these are like there's YA implied sex, sex in this. It's like we made love. <laughs> yeah, afterwards, that's not a scene. The reason I was asking Ooh. how Mama, the reason <laughs> I was asking how old Lo was is because for her to be working as someone's assistant and like being like, I'm gonna be a hotshot writer. I was like, she's gotta be like in her twenties, right? No, no she's wrong. not. She's nice. But I just kept thinking, like, why is this a YA book? Yeah, I didn't, it didn't feel, I didn't, like, it didn't read like a YA book to me because I'm like, these aren't young and, like, yeah, they're young adult for, like, some of it, but, like, Maybe it's I don't know, to me, adult. it's like, yeah, like, yeah. once you hit, once you're, like, 19, it's not, like, YA anymore. Yeah, it's like they're not really like, dealing with young adult YA issues. So much. Yeah, like you, yeah. they could have been thirty, and the same yeah. thing could have been happening. Right. Um, also, I I was talking to Emily about it, and I was like, the only thing that really reads YA to me here is that upon each new sighting of a character, she describes exactly what they look like and what yeah. they're wearing. <laughs> it's like he's wearing a cream sweater and brown work, and boots. he's six foot two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Look at Mo. He's falling asleep. Sometimes I wish we recorded a video so everyone could see what exactly it is we're talking about when we're like, yeah. oh my god, look at your kitty. Yeah, I feel like he- hearing us do baby voices might not be as thrilling. Yeah, we're not just Striped doing that to each other because we're cute. Closes his eyes slowly. <laughs> yeah. His pink he was an ears orange cat. Work. 
Yeah, we need those like Instagram just like really image descriptions needy today. So <laughs> he's just like crying, and he got up in my lap, and Aww. now he's trying he's to reaching for something. He's trying to yeah, stretching. he's trying to play with my planner. He's like, know? now that I'm up here, <laughs> yeah, now that I'm relaxed and somewhere I feel safe, let me fuck with everything. Mm-hmm. Well, Kelly, your yes, your comment was a great segue into my next question. Good job. Segway. So a lot of this story is about B and Lo's relationship. And there's this quote about sisterhood that repeats a lot. And it goes, having a sister is a promise no one but the two of you can make and no one but the two of you can break. But like all of Lo and B's interactions happen before the current timeline of the novel. And so, and also to me, like, both of them felt underdeveloped. Like, Kelly, you said Mm -hmm. that B did, but I think both of them are. And so I just kind of felt like, I don't know, like, I couldn't connect to this relationship as much as I feel like I needed to, to, like, really get into this novel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that just me? Or did anyone Mm -hmm. else have a similar experience? No, I, I would agree. Like I said, I felt I felt more connected to Lo because I could understand. I feel like she provided more details about her sis, like why she cared about her sister, and like, but but with B, I I had like no idea who she was at all, and I was I just kept thinking like you know we get flat the only flashbacks we get are of them as literal like babies. Like, mm-hmm. give me a flashback of them as like you know a thirteen year old and a you know how or however old before they let accident me see happened. their sisterhood. Right, like let me see that actual relationship and not like how she felt as a toddler when her sister was about to be born. Like that doesn't matter to this relationship, honestly. Uh, so, I, yeah, that was the main issue I thought was that we like never got a single scene of them showing their personalities together. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> I will say that. Um. I, as far as following, um, trying to make sure I get the names right. Yeah. Lowe's story. That's the one. Um, that was a problem too. It took me a really long time to figure out, like, the I would be confused about names. which one was which. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but anyway. Also, um, I've never heard which... Lowe be short for Gloria. It's not. That's the one thing this that does thing about YA. YA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. YA novels love to shorten people's names in weird ways. That's like yeah. taking um, the that U.S. and does. Susan and calling me us. Yeah, you should yeah. the intro question should have been, what's your now. one syllable <laughs> YA name? Mine's us, for sure. I guess mine would be me. Am I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Sorry. No, I can't remember. Oh, the one thing that was interesting to me about um, – Lowe's character arc, I guess, is just the way that she went from being, like, so skeptical to, like, totally, like, buying into this cult that she mm-hmm. was, like, fully ready to, like, destroy. Um, that, to me, like, I felt like that was, like, done really well. Like, I believed it, me you too. know? Um and that seems like it, like that would be a hard thing to write that transformation yeah. because it's like such a big transformation. Um, yeah, there's not so, like one single moment where she shifts over into yeah. 
believing them suddenly. It, it happens slowly, and it does feel yeah. like, yeah, it feels realistic. And that, I I agree, is what, what like, pleasantly surprised me about this, I guess, um, more than anything else about it. Like all the all the stuff about Lowe's trauma from her car accident and that sort of stuff felt like she was developing as a character. Like I know something about her and her life experiences, but B is just a blank slate. Mm-hmm. Like B felt like a narrative device more than a character. Yeah. Well, the thing about B too is like from page one, she's like in the cult. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like. There's like a second at the beginning where she's like going to a party where she's not in the cult. But other than that, <laughs> like she's in the cult. So, yeah, um, it's kind of like, I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's kind of hard to write cult members with personalities because you kind of like get rid of all that when you are in a cult. I was going to say this is one thing that I that I did like about this because the thing that I find most fascinating about cult stories generally, true ones or ones like this, is that, like, when you first hear about things like that, you think, like, how could people fall for that? Or how could they possibly have been, like, duped into this? But it's not stupid people that join cults. No. And it's not, like, it's not gullible people necessarily even it's like it's really smart people who are like trying to find something else too and i think like that is the most fascinating thing to me is like how they get like people you wouldn't think would be like a target you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and low is not that type of person like she does go into this skeptical but find something that I don't know she feels is missing or or something like she's like a searcher and that's the kind of person that can fall for this stuff and and that's like why I I'm so fascinated because I feel like every time I watch a cult documentary I'm like uh yeah I mean like I could kind of see myself joining that (laughs) I mean with Nexium, you know like when they talked about what I because I watched that show too you know, like, at the beginning, it's like, they're just going to classes. And I'm like, They're just, like, great. improving themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, I and also, definitely some, go to sign up for some of those classes. Like, There's yes. some stuff that happens in that that I'm like, like, they cure Tourette's a couple of times. And, like, I, 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 as, like, a person who have had, you know, struggles with, you know, mental illness, especially, like, an OCD sort of thing. And, like, when he's talking about how he was able to, like, stop having panic attacks on the highway, things like that where I I was like, you know, that would definitely appeal to me Mm -hmm. as a person who has, like, searched for ways to fix these things in my life and never been able to figure out how. I can see how, like, something like that would be, like, a huge turning point for For you in your brain, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my other answer to that initial question like what kind of cult would you join it would be like a self-development kind of thing Mm -hmm. i can easily see myself doing something like that for those same reasons um and i can see why like the project is a religious cult there is a god element here and like the leader is like i got some thoughts on it divine sort of (laughs) or chosen at least and like i can see how if you were 
somewhat religious, kind of mixed with this self-development kind of thing that you would join that kind of cult. It's not that. This isn't like an unbelievable. No, it's not. You have thoughts on? I have thoughts on it, which this is kind of segueing into let's talk about the cult. (laughs) Yeah. So like pretty clearly to me, the cult is Nexium. Which, by the way, I did not know there were going to be like multiple Nexium kind of references mm-hmm. until I was reading it. And me, yeah, me too. Which is super convenient for <laughs> what the rest of this episode is going to be. I was like, Susan picked this well. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just picked it because. Yeah, I figured you knew. No, I did not know. <laughs> oh my god, it's a divine prophecy. Yeah, so I should join something. Lev has led us to the answer. No, okay. So I'll read my question so I can like point those out and then link it into the leader. Okay, so there are a lot of Nexium parallels. And I pointed out in this question that I I did not know (laughs) that Mm -hmm. just because the rest of this episode is about a Nexium survivor's experience, I did not choose this book based on that because I did not know. I just knew it was about a cult. So the Unity Project is centered in upstate New York, and Nexium was headquartered in Albany. There is an heiress who bankrolls the project, and her dad is like, he was the head of a, a drink company, a cola company. Mm-hmm. In Nexium, the two, the Bronfman sisters, who are the heirs to the Seagram's fortune, were bankrolling a lot of Nexium's legal this stuff. This is why, so we can yeah, it's YA, so it's just cola. New new cola. Cola. Um, which sounds like a failed project by Coke or something. Mm-hmm. Um, some Coke. project members endure this burning situation. Um, and members of DOS, which was that secret women's society within Nexium, were held down and branded. Uh, there's more. I think Keith mm-hmm. Ranieri and Lev have some stuff in common, so... Just in, um, like, having sex presence. with young women. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that. Except love is hot, so there's that. Well, people thought that Keith Raniere from... was hot. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Physically? We're... I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, know. yeah, like, we're hearing this from the perspective of people who had sex with him, so. I mean, also, like, there is a certain charm to charisma and, like, a strong sort of commanding personality so it's easy, like, it's easy for me not being, like, in Keith Raniere's presence to be like, oh, why? Why would anybody, like, <laughs> yeah, fall for yeah, this? But, like, a strong personality goes a long way. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> Lev did sound hot, though. <laughs> he was, like, described as hot. Yeah. Basically. From... Even from Lowe's perspective, when she first meets him and she hates him, like he, he yeah, looks, he sounds pretty hot. If I gotta He's be like honest, a tall, I was beautiful man with Keith brown curly hair and stubble. I was like, I'd hit it. <laughs> you had me at stubble. Like, don't shave your face for two days, and I'm like, okay, I can see it. <laughs> I just sort of mentally inserted a volleyball in there. Oh my god. <laughs> 
what I was going to say about the cult is so like the unity project is pretty clearly modeled after Nexium. It's not a one for one, but like there are too many similarities for it to not be based on Nexium. Like if, mm. if uh, Courtney Summers came out and was like, I actually didn't base it on Nexium. I'll be like, you're okay. You're, but you're lying. Yeah. And I even, I read the acknowledgements trying to see if she like talked to anybody about it or if she mentioned Nexium and she did not. So I don't know. But what bothers me is sort of like the integration of religion into this cult that isn't about religion. There are plenty of religious cults. Like I'm not saying that there's not. Obviously there have been many of them were even mentioned in this book, like Heaven's Gate and stuff like that. There are plenty of religious cults. But in this case, it seems like that wasn't necessary. Well, it's interesting because this cult is religious, but it's not it's this cult is like based on an idea of God and mm-hmm. like morality and that kind of thing, but it's not like specifically Christian or Catholic yeah. or some sect of religion, but it's very it's very clearly like some kind of branch of like the I don't know, like Judeo Christian yeah. sort of uh because he he talks about God constantly, mm-hmm. and they keep saying, you know, God is our reason for doing this. We have to give ourselves up and be of service to other people because of God. Like, but you could just as easily be like, for the good of the world, to save humanity from itself. But like, why? But like, why not make it about? God? I don't know. Because like. I feel like that is something that is going to draw people in, in a way that, especially since we find out that he specifically goes to a church yes. to draw people out of, to basically, yeah. like, turn their members into his, because he already knows that these are people who have faith, who right. are searching, who and, like, people who, who do believe in or follow certain religions tend to be the sort of people who are searching for Mm -hmm. that deeper meaning and might be more susceptible i don't know maybe um at least to this type of cult that's based on like doing good and serving and and a mission of some kind yeah and the Um, language of being chosen is also very judeo-christian right i can't I mean, I'm not like, I'm going to go in the streets and be mad about this. I just, <laughs> it's something that rubbed me the wrong way. Because I feel like Christianity gets shit on all the time. Right? And it, now, let's backtrack. I'm not one of the people that are like, oh my god, I'm oppressed. <laughs> I do not yeah. feel like Christians are oppressed in America. But I just, you know, like Christianity gets shit on so much. And this is like taking something that wasn't religious and making it religious. And I'm like, it's creepy enough without it. Like, it's ultimately it's fine. I get it. But I just kept thinking, like, to me, hearing the story of something like Nexium 
or even like the very, very beginning steps of getting into Scientology when they're pitching it as like, this is to improve yourself and for you to get better in touch with your emotions. That is more scary to me than a religious cult. I can, I can see how people get swept up in a religious cult, especially if they already believe in God. Like, I've seen family members get swept up in conspiracy theories for that same reason, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, to me, the more frightening option is a group of people who see themselves as super logical, not necessarily um, religious, who still get caught up in this. Yeah, I think... I mean, I think Scientology is is sort of unique in that it starts out as a super logical thing, but then it actually is really, it is a you religion. You don't get to aliens until you're deep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think but Scientology then all of a sudden it's like, only, only calls itself a religion for financial reasons. Yeah. But like, you know they I mean? have like a... a, a belief system that is based on pure like magical like it's whereas something like nexium is like yeah exactly where (laughs) nexium is like we you know they were able to accomplish some things Mm -hmm. they did help these people with Tourette's they did cure some panic attacks they did manage to like they that was more based in like a a scientific not to say that nexium is good in any way at all but i am saying that like that i feel like this book was taking the the strategies of nexium but applying it to a religious cult rather because this like the project itself is not at all science-based in any way yeah um i mean there's even like i mean the the water stuff is very drawn from Christian baptism. Oh yeah, and right. And, and, and like the Jewish mikvah, like the all Judeo Christian uh, types of ceremonies that are happening, minus the burning part. That's not. That's, that's not, not anything I've experienced deal. as a Christian or a Jew. <laughs> no. And I've done both. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I see, I see what you're saying. I feel like it could have been more developed as far as like what the actual belief system is, but I do think that it makes sense for it to be. I feel like it was it was more combining Nexium with, like, a more religious cult to, like, kind of show both sides of of the most common types of cults, I guess, but... I mean, it I definitely, would just like to say also, just from doing a very quick Google, um, yeah. she has mentioned in interviews like a couple of different cults she was drawing from mm-hmm. so i mean i i'm just like wary of like putting that out there yeah. when like we haven't really like looked into the research she's done because like i mean i would like to have faith that she's done the research into this um i mean it, it and it could just be that it feels like nexium plus because we're all kind of like hyper aware of nexium right now yeah yeah i'm not yeah. saying that those parallels aren't here but i'm saying like there are probably parallels to other cults also that we just aren't as aware of i mean a lot sure. of cults are kind of drawn from the same playbook yeah. yes yeah that also 
Yeah. I'm watching the Heaven's Gate docuseries right now, so mm. I will update you next week if there's any Heaven's Gate stuff happening too. Heaven's Gate is the Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> no. That's Jonestown. Jonestown. Yeah. So many to choose from. Yeah. Heaven's Gate is the Nike shoes. Mm. Um, but um i will say so so you also ask what do we make of lev yeah uh and one thing that i thought was really like weird and interesting because like as i was listening i was almost like thinking like maybe like this cult is actually okay like they're still a cult but maybe they are like doing good things (laughs) like (laughs) this was like before um, like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. This is like before she starts, before Lo starts hooking up with Lev. At that point, I was like, okay, he's just trying he, to fuck. He's just a creep. He's just trying to fuck. Um, but so like the fact that he like goes for her sister and then goes for her was like so we, especially because it it seems like I mean at least we have we don't see him being with like a lot of different women in in this cult we see him yeah. with b and then we see him with low and it is like super weird and creepy that he like immediately mm-hmm. and and the way he's like oh at first i thought that um god brought b to me but now i see that he brought b to me so that b would bring you to gross me. Yeah. Also, the way that he used B's daughter to, like, reel her in was real not okay. Not okay. If you have to make a foster also to have sex. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's pretty pathetic. Especially if you're supposedly good looking. Can't be that hard. I have have doubts. All I'm saying is doubt, doubting. (laughs) All right, well, on that note, I think... (laughs) We should rate this book. This book? And move I, along. I gave it a three. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I clearly read it very quickly and yeah. felt, you know. I thought you were just going to say, I clearly read it. No. <laughs> I clearly read it very Let quickly. Let the record okay. show. As you can but see I, by like, the knowledge I've displayed, I did read this book. Every time I. <laughs> Teacher. <laughs> every time I put it down, I would I would find myself wondering, like, okay, but I wonder what happened. You know, like I did yeah. want to know what happened. And I did enjoy um reading it. I mean I would recommend it to people. But I gave it a three. Yeah. I'm also gonna give it I haven't actually rated it yet because I was waiting for this convo. Um but I I'm gonna give it a three. I think I would maybe give it a three and a half, but a mm-hmm. four feels too high. Um yeah. but I I like Emily was saying, I was really impressed by specifically the way that it shows you how this can happen to someone who does start off as a skeptic. Yep. Um mm-hmm. and I think that was really impressive despite some of the other shortcomings. Um And, like, the writing didn't bother me, so that's good. Because a lot of times when I read YA, and, like, this is me being, like, a stuck-up bitch, but... (laughs) You are in the presence of YA book club right now, so watch your words. You've been it. You let us get you in YA book club once? Yeah. I love that no one's ever even asked me to participate. (laughs) Susan, you can participate if you want. (laughs) 
I think what they happened is we were just reading They said that they were going to read that book. They said they were going to read that book, and I was like, oh, I have it. I wanted to read it, too. Oh, I Can I join it. you? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, mean, I already had Susan, the book. Susan, hop in at any time. So. Um, I'm just, like, not a big YA reader, and I find that a lot of times I'm distracted by the sort of, like, uh, I don't know, like, the youthful voice that mm-hmm. is, like, put onto books, onto YA books or whatever, which is not always the case at all. I know that, which... And, like, I haven't read anywhere near as much YA as you guys, but just, like, in my limited experience of reading YA as an adult. I read a ton of YA as a YA, which we've I can't about wait before. for you to talk to Tirza about this when she's the guest. Yes. Since she is a YA author. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm going to read her book, and I'm sure it's great. Um, yeah. But anyway, I'm just saying I wasn't bothered by the writing except for when she described the outfits, at which point I was bothered. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also would give it a 3.5, but I rounded down to a 3. So I think Kelly and I are kind of probably in similar boats as far as how much we liked it. Um, it was one of those things where I was like, I read it, I enjoyed it. The pacing, I thought it was a little slow, especially in the beginning. But like overall, like, I enjoyed reading it. But afterwards, I was just kind of like, that was fine. You know, like I was like, I don't I was like, I don't have any passionate feelings for or against this book after finishing. it. I was just like, that was, yeah, you know, it was fine. It didn't offend me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I gave it a two. Um, (laughs) I was expecting that. What? So on my on my own (laughs) chart where you can give half stars, I gave it a two and a half. Susan made us read a whole extra book, and then she gave it a two. Do you believe this? Okay, listen, Kelly. <laughs> I didn't want this to be a two, okay? I was primed to love this book. I love the subject matter. The cover was beautiful. It just had things that I was like, I'm here for it. And um, the last few books we've read with Sisters I've really been into, The Vanishing mm-hmm. Half. Shout out to that book. A better book. A good book. (laughs) Um, With strange timelines. I just, for some reason, every time I opened this book again, I had to reread a little. Like, it was like I couldn't ever get, like, hooked in enough to really be fully in it. And I don't know... I really don't even know why, so I'm not sure I'm going to articulate this very well, but I just felt like there were things missing where I would that would normally hook me in where I just wasn't all the way in, and I felt like I could never really get there. It was just like out of remove for me. Yeah. So, too. That's Again, fair. I would really um, highly recommend Sadie. I think it is a much better book than this one. Emily, I will say... You did tell me to read Sadie a long time ago, and I downloaded it because you told me to listen to it. I just never. Yeah, started you should definitely it. listen. But to now it. I do want to. Like the writing itself, there, there's. This is why it's hard for me to say it's a two because, like, there's not a lot of like glaring things I can point to that I like hated. It was just like a missing. There's something missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay. That's perfectly valid. Okay. It's also coming on the heels of like three five-star reads where I'm just like, this wasn't as good as I had a lot to live up to. <laughs> yeah, it truly did. It truly it's not did. not Courtney's fault. Don't blame her. 
She did her best. Better luck next time, Courtney. <laughs> yeah. I'll update you on Sadie because I will I will listen to that. Yeah, I would love for you to listen to that and let me know your thoughts if you like that one. But I think you'll like it better. There's the whole true crime podcast Part. aspect to that See, one again, I, I feel primed like. to like it. But now that worries me. Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> These are you're, – you're speaking my language. All right. Yeah. Well – Which is why I recommended it to you in the first place. Move on to a book I liked better. <laughs> Yay! Which is it's time. Sarah Edmondson's book, Scarred. Uh, full title: Scarred: The True Story of How I Escaped Nexi and the Cult That Bound My Life. Um, Sarah and I had a really fun conversation about this book. Um, I, first of all, I loved her before we talked. But mm-hmm. once we started talking, I was like, okay, I knew it. I want to be. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> We're meant to be best <laughs> yeah. friends. Um, I just, Sarah was one of the first people to go public when she left Nexium about some of the abuses that she and other people suffered uh, at the hands of some of the higher ups in this cult. And Sarah was a high profile member. So going public for her was really risky. And she's definitely. Uh, endured some backlash for that. But I feel like what I really admire about her is that she was, she's been so generous with sharing this story. Mm-hmm. And I think with helping other people get out and helping put Keith Ranieri behind bars. Um, but we talked about her book and her experience writing the book. And I just really enjoyed talking to her. And I wish I had another excuse to interview her again. It was so much fun. (laughs) I'm excited. Here's the interview. Hello, listeners. We have a really special author interview today, and I cannot wait to talk to our guest, you have heard her story on the CBC podcast Uncover, Escaping Nexium. You've seen her on A&E. You've seen her on HBO's The Vow. She's also an actress, and she is the author of Scarred, The True Story of How I Escaped Nexium: The Cult That Bound My Life. I am so excited to welcome Sarah Edmondson to the podcast. Thanks for having me. What a nice intro. Thanks for being <laughs> here. So excited to talk to you. I absolutely loved your book, and I can't wait to get into it with you. Awesome. Thanks for supporting it. Yeah. So it has been a pretty wild year for you, I bet. (laughs) Um, The Vow began airing in August of 2020, and your book was published in 2019. But I imagine it's gotten a little more attention as the Nexium court case has come to life and more people have watched shows like The Vow. So what have the last couple years been like for you? You know, it's been a roller coaster. I keep thinking that I'm you know, healed and out of the woods and moving on in my life. And then another thing happens or airs like, you know, did the podcast first and that was one wave and then I took a break and then I wrote a book and then there was the, <laughs> the sort of the press around that, which wasn't nearly as much as a year later with the vow, which in many ways was probably good because I don't think I could have handled it back then. Um, but between the book and the vow coming out was the pandemic and that forced our whole family to really slow down and take the time to reconnect and 
do much more of the healing that I thought I I had done, and I've come to realize that there's it's going to be a long a long journey, perhaps even a lifetime journey, um, because it happens in waves where I'll you know something will happen like somebody else will get sentenced or um, like when Keith was put behind bars for 120 years, um, it just it just brings up a lot of stuff every time. Um, so it's been, it's definitely been a roller coaster, but all, all in all, I'd say I'm doing just fine. Like I, I think one of the things I've learned from my cult recovery is that the best revenge is personal success that you didn't need the group to be successful. And I think I've, I'm, I'm proving that to myself and to whoever's paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love the framing of it that way. Um, uh, as we talked about, since your story has been told in a few different places, um, this book is different because it's, it's very much just you and your exact personal experience. Um, mm-hmm. so why did you decide to write this book and what was the process of writing it like for you? Well, it took, uh, took some time to come to that, come to that decision. A lot of people, as soon as I got out, were like, oh my God, you should write a book or make a movie. Like, this is so crazy. And first I didn't want to, um, just cause, I mean, I've never written anything before uh, other than like in my journal and some, you know, creative writing in 12th grade in high school. <laughs> and that was about it. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as I got further away from it, I started to be more on track with my recovery process. I realized that I had a very unique perspective into something that you know, I just wish that I had had some of the education that I had gotten back when I was, you know, a teenager or in my early 20s, because if I had learned about this kind of thing um, in terms of abuses of power and not just with cults, but in groups where these kinds of things can happen um, at the time anyway, like in the in the early 2000s, my impression of a cult was like Jim Jones and drinking Kool-Aid right. or... Um, you know, Hare Krishna handing out flowers on the street and like, there's just my, my imagery or like goat's blood, you know, like that's, that's the imagery I had in my head of what a cult was. So, um, I just like, I, I, it's almost like I wanted to give the template to the younger version of myself through like all the other women that are out there that are, I, I know will be be like me and that they're looking for purpose and looking for meaning or wanting to do more with their lives or whatever. I was like, this is, I, I, I need to part, part of my healing is like helping other people. And so I've always been a, that way. That's why I got into Nexium in the first place. Obviously I bet, you know, Nippy and I say bet on the wrong horse. <laughs> we, it was not what we thought it was, but there was a huge aspect of a therapy of helping people. My mom's a therapist, my dad's a counselor. I've always wanted to do that. And I, that's just sort of who I am by nature, as you probably read in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm a helper, right? Yeah. <laughs> I always have like the stuff in my purse that people need. And I like doing that with people and for people. Um, so writing the book was really like the, that when I decided that that's what I wanted to do, it was a very kind of natural process at that point. But um, like I said, it was, I've never done it before. So it was a huge learning curve. <laughs> well, it, to hear that you uh, haven't written much before is actually really shocking. <laughs> I was I was struck by how well written it is and how um, 
you speak about really difficult things very eloquently and in a way that is not judgmental still. Um, oh, that's good. Even from the other side of it, um, which I think is really a beautiful way to talk to people about it, mm-hmm. especially because, like you said, we, we I think, all tend to have thought of cults as like these extreme religious-based things that Nexium doesn't look like that at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's in a, a totally different um, it's in a totally different mask. Um, yes, and it's easy to see how that is seductive for people, uh, especially someone who is committed to personal development. But I think that you you write about it very beautifully in a way that is not um, it doesn't it's not judging anyone who who did who did this and who was really mm-hmm. deeply involved in it. Um, That's nice to hear. And, and I do need to add, um, I, obviously, I worked with a, with a co-writer, um, Chrissy Gasberry, who did do like a, you know, a huge bulk of the heavy lifting. Um, but it is, I do really feel it's generally my voice because um, a lot of back and forth. Like I would download to her, she would put together the structure, then she'd send it back to me and I'd, you know, make it more accurate to what, because like it's hard to write other people's thoughts. Right. You know, like she could, she could kind of put something together and be like, no, that wasn't right. It, or like, wow, you totally nailed it. But either way, you know, um, it's still, it's still my voice. I think. I feel I mean, I, I feel like I know you, I don't know you. <laughs> I met you today, but, yeah. um, from really from reading it. And then I also, I listened to the audiobook too, because my, my first introduction to your story was on that CBC podcast. So right. I like when, when the vow started, I was like, that's Sarah. Because <laughs> I, I had written about the podcast before. And so oh, I was cool. like, I want to listen to it because I knew that you read the audiobook. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, listeners, if you love an audiobook, Sarah's a great reader of her own book. Um, <laughs> that was my first one. I'm, sure, like, I'm sure your acting experience has helped with that. Um, yeah. We talk about this on the podcast a lot. Not every author is the best reader of their own, <laughs> of their own yeah, work. I've heard um, that. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I write poetry and I would prefer someone else reads that (laughs) instead of myself. But yeah, no, you're fantastic. Um, I listened to that too. And it's like, I feel like, I feel like I know your voice by now. And I I do think it really, it really comes through. So. Oh, that's great. You know, I I really enjoyed reading it because, well, A, I've I've been in voiceover for 20 years and an actor for longer, but um, i I've n- I'd never had I'd never read the book out lo- like I'd read it in chunks I'd never read it like in one one go and I was like by the end I was like wow I said to Murray the engineer who I know through voiceover like he's I work with him all the time I was like wow Murray this is like this is kind of crazy my story <laughs> is crazy like how many forty year old women do you know that have like worked with the FBI and put a <laughs> put a sociopathic narcissist behind bars like this is well, I mean not that I did that but like par- but p- being part of the group of people who did that you know like just wild anyway at first I at first I was like kept checking in with him I'm like is this interesting like is this do you find this interesting like because I find the first part kind of monotonous like me trying to get to proctor and like trying to get promoted and like that whole part and he's like would you just get promoted to proctor already it's driving me crazy <laughs> okay did you so find I actually that? I I love all of that stuff I because do. I think great. that speaks to what we were just talking about that like this doesn't look like a cult at all, you know, and mm-hmm. like that process of you moving up the stripe path 
it feels like you're just getting promoted at your job. Because, right. I mean, you were getting promoted at your job. Right. Um, but it's, I think that really lets the reader kind of build up to this point where it's like, this sounds, this doesn't sound like something terrible is about to happen. This mm-hmm. sounds like good for her. And, yeah. and you can see how in retrospect, like there was like different levels of manipulation at every step of the way until you got to that point. Um, yeah. so I think that part's very interesting in explaining how this whole thing is structured and how it got to where it eventually got to. Oh, good. I'm glad. It was a very dark place. (laughs) Yeah, very dark. (laughs) Um, Going back to the 12 years you spent in Nexium and ESP, Mm -hmm. um, in the book you talk about what they called inner deficiencies, these like flaws that everyone had that you had to work out. And I wanted to read this quote about that, about when you um, would, you know, mess up or have to write one of those breach Mm-hmm. Thanks. Um, you said, when you were really dedicated to ESP, you understood that when you missed the mark, you weren't only letting yourself down and failing to hold yourself to the highest standards, you ha- had let down the community and in some cases, the whole world. And in the same chapter, you also talk about how these things that they dubbed your issues were reasons they didn't maybe promote you as quickly, um, that they knew you were maybe too vocal to get on board with some stuff. Um and I wanted to know, how do you feel like you've reclaimed now some of those things that they called your issues as mm-hmm. strengths now? That's a great question. Um, well, even just like the thing I was just mentioning about being like a helper, they would have said, and, and they did say this, I think this is in the book, um, that like my need to want to help people is due to like something within myself that I don't feel valuable enough. So I have to provide value to fill that void, which there may be some truth in that. I still don't know. Like I'm figuring that out with my therapist. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that's a bad thing. Like they took something that's, that's a good quality about me. I'm a caring person. I'm a thoughtful person. I want people to do well. I worry about people maybe too much to a fault. Like that's some codependency shit, right? <laughs> but, but like to, for them to say that I, they would say that I was objectifying people by filling my deficiency. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a head fuck. Right. Yeah. Um, it's okay if I swear, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. We have a little explicit tag next to all our episodes. Cause we okay, swear perfect. quite a bit. <laughs> so you know, reclaiming that has just been part of my, part of my therapy and work with, you know, with the counselors and stuff is going like, okay, just going, I'm okay with who I am. You know, I don't, part of ESP and Nexium was you're constantly growing and trying to get to the next level and evolving yourself and being the best version of yourself versus like, what about self-acceptance and true self-love? So I think like, you know, reclaiming my issues, um, Part of that has also just been accepting that there's some there's some really funny iron ironic twist to this whole thing. Like Keith used to talk about characters not character unless it's tested. You know, you don't really know who you are until like I can say I'm this kind of person, but unless you're actually confronted with a situation, you don't know, right? Like, would you throw yourself in front of a whatever? I don't I don't I don't can't think of an example now, but we did all sorts of thought experiments of the kind of person uh-huh. you think you could be. And now I've been tested, like, you know, to know what kind of person I am. That is part of my reclaiming is like, I'm going to decide who I am, not another outside authority going to going to give me feedback on 
who they think I am, because that's part of, part of the problem and, and what I now see is what makes it a cult is that there's a reliance on this authority structure. Like when you, when you go to school, your teacher is your authority. Mm-hmm. So there are structures where having an authority is, you know, ethical and important and, and, and an inherent part of the structure. But if that authority isn't ethical or they're deceptive or they want have some other things that they want to, to do to you that you don't know about, that's where it becomes a cult and, or, you know, that's one of the elements of being a cult. So I put a lot of, um, emphasis in my own beliefs around what they thought. Right. So to, to reclaim, like, what do I think? What do I want for myself and to make decisions for myself and to learn how to trust my gut again, all of that's been a part of, a part of like reclaiming myself, but also like, you know, living with Nippy, living with my husband who I met there and we got out together like when you mentioned the breach form, um, something I'll just share that I think is kind of funny, like our reclaiming is just to fucking laugh at it all. Like mm-hmm. I'll do something where like I, you know, I didn't, I, I said I was going to do something. I didn't do it. And then people will be like, I think it's time for you to fill out a breach form, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like totally joking. Right. And we can just laugh at the absurdity that we as adults were filling out breach forms mm-hmm. you know like if i was late for a green meeting for the green sashes like even two minutes i had to fill out a green form i like hearing that um that you and nippy are able to be in like a humorous space with some of that stuff and and be able to laugh at it because i i'm it's all you both experienced a lot of trauma and mm-hmm. to be able to be on the other side and be able to laugh at things together I also kind of feel like I know Nippy, even though I also don't know him. Um, but earlier when you said, um, when you were talking to him and we just got on the phone, I wanted mm-hmm. to be like, oh, like, tell Nippy hello. Like, yeah. he doesn't know me. But yeah, I, I like that you're reclaiming it also with humor. But the self-acceptance mm-hmm. thing is, it's such a good way of reframing this because, like, listening to you talk about the personal development stuff and all of that. And it, it it all feels like it was framed in this really positive way. Like you're just working on yourself. But the one thing that there wasn't was any type of self-acceptance for people because they didn't let you accept anything about yourself. It was Mm -hmm. like, it was always like a, a new thing you were working on or that's what it was like reading the book anyway. Yeah. Um, Certainly what it felt like. Speaking of, being promoted to proctor and stuff. <laughs> um, the, de- the descriptions of, of joy that you talk about and when you're being promoted to proctor in front of everyone, those are so, so well-written and so vivid. Um, and I know that that was a, definitely a different kind of joy than you have in your life now. Um, so how would you compare like the joy that you talk about at the end of the book when coming out of all of this versus this different type of joy that you were experiencing while you were climbing climbing the stripe path mm-hmm. um that's a great no one's asked me that before that's a really good question well done i've got to find it i've got to find it I don't, I don't have a sound bite for that one um <laughs> let me see hey i was worried about asking you questions that everyone had asked you before oh yeah so no, this, this is good is, it's good to know yeah. I mean, honestly, there's so much of that that is such is a blur. You know, even mm-hmm. when I was writing it, Chrissy would be like, what about this juncture? And I'm like, honestly, I don't remember. And um, in one of the cult healing books I'm reading, it's I found it's very normal to have huge chunks of memory loss. Um, 
It's called dissociation. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think we were in a lot. Um, but so I, I don't like, I kind of, it's hard for me to access that, but I, I feel like, you know, the good part of the straight path, like the part that felt good and when you did get promoted is that, you know, you, you could do certain things and get a result and that felt really good. Whereas with acting, like you can do all the things and you still might not get the part. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the joy is still sort of linked in with the group, you know, it's, yeah. it, it was, it was insular. Like I remember getting promoted to Proctor and I was so happy about it. And I told my stepmom who, you know, from, from the book was never supportive mm-hmm. and always could see through it, which I thought, of course she was wrong and she didn't get it. And I told her that I was got promoted to Proctor and she just was like, I don't even know what that means, Sarah, or something like that. Like she was mm-hmm. very not enthusiastic. And I, so it's like the joy was kind of like insular to the group, mm-hmm. you know, it was sort of group dependent. No one in the outside world would understand that getting to Proctor meant so much to me. But, um, I think that the, the joy that I feel now is, it's just more full because I'm allowed to feel joy whatever about whatever I want to feel joy over. Like, even if it's the simplest things, like going for a mm-hmm. walk in the woods with my kids and it's a magical snowy day in Nexium, they would say that that wasn't joy, that that was just happiness. And happiness means you need something to be a certain way to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So that if I need it to be that way, if I need to have my family there on a nice snowy walk and some aesthetic thing, then that's a deficiency because I'm not okay without it. So that even if I was going for a walk, this is back in the old days, you know, if I was going mm-hmm. for a walk and I felt, oh, wow, this is so lovely. I go, well, oh my God, it's just my deficiency. Then I need this to be okay. What's wrong with me that I need this? So I'm dependent. I better go work on that with my coach. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I mean, yes. And it, <laughs> it is, that is such a mind fuck. Like you it's said, such a mind fuck. it's like even those moments of what could have been joy are taken away from you by your own brain because yeah. you've been trained to think about it in this picked apart kind of backwards way. Yeah. Is- and it was, it's very confusing because even the things like getting promoted or having mm-hmm. some win, it, with within the structure or not in the structure, like I remember booking a big acting part when I was in Nexium, and it was still like, well, that's a delusion that you think that you're somehow better or whatever because you have that. I'm like, but wait, 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 we're in a success program. We're supposed to be like doing things that make us successful, but then we get it. We're not supposed to have it because then we're attached. I mean, like I, it was, I really thought it was something that I was missing that if I was more mm-hmm. evolved, I would then experience pure, true joy. So I don't, like, I don't know if that answers your question, but like yeah, no, now, it does. I'm lear- now I'm learning to like be happy, joyful, whatever you want to call it and not do that to myself. Yeah. Let you yourself know? have the happiness. <laughs> have myself have the ha- I think there's that moment in the book where the first time Nippy was like, when we decided to leave and he's like, I just want to like go for a hike with my family and be normal. And I said, oh my God, Nippy, then, then we'll be happy, right? Like that, that we can be happy and that's okay. Yeah. And that was a huge aha. I'm like, oh, it's okay to be happy. And then I was like, oh my God, they, Keith doesn't want us to be happy. Yeah. That's the thing. If we're happy, then we're not going to keep taking courses. So you have to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. That's the truth of it. Yeah. That you're always going to, you're always trying to fill some other, fulfill some other need that, yes, or some other deficiency that will 
make you keep keep staying and keep trying yes. to learn from him who by the way i love that you were like i learned the term word salad and mm. <laughs> we're talking about how sometimes the, the stuff he says and i talked to you about this a little bit when i was messaging you on instagram mm-hmm. about the vow like i was like i don't maybe i like am I dumb? I don't think I'm dumb, but I don't understand what he's saying. (laughs) And then I would be like, I don't think he said anything, but like with a group of people around him, revering him, you, you think he's saying something. He's saying something and I just missed it. I must've been disintegrated. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes you throw in things that didn't make sense and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got that bit. Okay. I better pay attention for that. Yeah. Something to cling on to and then you can keep, keep writing with it. Yeah. You, you mentioned this earlier even, but um, I had a question about this, the whole idea of finding purpose. So like much of your life's quest and really all of our life's quest um, and your reasons for joining in the first place had to do with finding a purpose for your life. Um, how, looking back now, how has your view of purpose changed over the years? Hmm. And what does that mean to you now? My current view is that my actual purpose was to join Nexium and then take it down. <laughs> but to be like a force that could get that high up and then be, have enough credibility to to help bring mm-hmm. it down. Because people have tried in the past and it didn't happen. And I, I, I wonder about – like I know it wasn't just me. There was a whole bunch of people and, and we all played our role. Mm-hmm. Um but I became very much the sort of face of it in terms of like being the only person willing at that time to show the brand and to prove that this abuse was going on. Um, and I think that's what I, you know, I think, I think my, it's not just about my, it's not just my purpose to take down the cult. My purpose is to be a part of this new wave of shining light on these abuses. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've always felt since I was little that I was going to have some kind of impact in the world and I, and especially with women, young women, but like, Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what it was. Like, even when I was in Nexium, I was like trying to get Nancy to train me to be a a speaker. So I could do like a Ted talk about, you know, either human potential or like I, you know, I had some bullying, bullying experiences growing up and being a big nerd and stuff like that. I thought maybe it's about that. Like I didn't, I didn't have the thing to talk about, you know, I didn't have the message. I just knew that I wanted to to have that reach. And then I, like I said in my book, I wanted to be an actor so that I could like have a platform. It wasn't just an actor to like make money, um, which is fine too, but that's, I wanted to have a platform and, but I didn't know what the platform was about. <laughs> now I know what it is. So I feel like this is it. Like this is, I feel very purposeful and very driven with the book. Um, like I said, to answer your first question about what, why did I do it? Um, I, 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 and it's the same reason why we're doing the podcast. We have, we have this education. Why not share it? You know, perfect segue into the next <laughs> thing I was going to ask you about, <laughs> which is you're working on a podcast. I'm working on a podcast. Yeah. With Nippy. With Nippy, which is so fun because we have, we have, it's finally something like really positive that we can collaborate on together. And, I also feel like it's very purposeful because we all, we both have very different skills. I've been doing voiceover for a long time. He's a history major and has a mind like like a vault. Like he can just retain so much information and reference things that I can't. I'm like, who is that? Who is that director who made the dinosaur? Like I can't, I can't remember anybody's name. And he's like, 
I'll be like, who's the drummer for Pink Floyd? And, and he's like, boom. Like he, he can just remember <laughs> anything. So I feel like between his memory and his ability to link ideas and concepts, he's very smart. And my um, kind of like ability to work with people and rapport and kind of just converse between those the two of us, we're going to have lots to talk about. And we, we, you know, the vow was amazing and it covered so much, but there's still so much more. Like we were in there for 12 years. We have yeah. lots of things um, to talk about, including we're going to have a section called That Chaps My Ass. <laughs> about all the things that happen that chaps our asses, our respective asses. And we're just going to share things that, like, for people who read The Vow or the book, you know, or cult obsessed, there's there's going to be lots. And we're talking to, like, some amazing cult survivors from other groups and stuff like that, too. So we're, we're stoked. So will it mostly be interviews with other people, or will it be just the two of you mostly? Or how are you going to... Both. What's the setup? Yeah. Like? The okay. setup is um, him and I will talk every, every time, answer questions from our audience on Instagram. And then we will, um, talk about, you know, some things that chapter us. Then we're going to interview people and then we're always going to wrap up with a, um, a nugget from, from the modules, from the classes of something that we thought was good that helped us in our lives and then show where you can find that information elsewhere. So you don't have to join a cult. Oh my gosh. Mm Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> and what's it called? Because the name it's is great. It's called a little bit culty. <laughs> yeah, because we're we're also looking at like what's the difference between something that's just a little bit culty and also a cult. Yeah. So because there's things out there that are a bit culty, but there's not, there's nothing dangerous or destructive about it, mm-hmm. and we want to teach people how to make that distinction. I think that's a very important work. Um, B, really interesting work. And C, it sounds like it's going to be funny also. So I think it's going to be I'm funny. <laughs> I think it is going to be funny. Like we say that in our first episode, we laugh, we make inappropriate comments. And for people who are in trauma, it, it might not be a good fit because um, it's serious, <laughs> but also like that's just where we're at in our journey. And I don't want to mm-hmm. offend anybody. So we said that in the first episode, like be beware. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. I also, um, like I said, I review podcast. So this is oh great on my list. I, I missed that. Be... Okay. Awesome. Tell me what you um, think. Well, that's how, like I found, um, your story in the CBC podcast and mm. I wrote about that for our blog because, um, I have a little series on there where I write about podcasts that I love. Um, and that was one of the ones I just started recommending to everyone. So I wrote about it. Amazing. And I feel like this is going to be the same thing for me. <laughs> well, if you have any tips, I mean, honestly, like when I did uncover, I'd never even listened to a podcast before. I didn't really like it. It wasn't part of my thing. I don't know why I don't, I, I missed it. Like I didn't even, like I, when I agreed to talk to Josh, I didn't, I had no idea it was going to have that kind of reach or that it would be that, um, helpful or whatever to people. So I'm still learning. I'm, I do listen to more podcasts now, but if you, since you listen to more than I do, if you have any suggestions of format or what you'd like to see, please throw it our way. We're just getting started. Oh yeah. I would, I would love to. And I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm on one, but I'm not like an expert in podcasts. <laughs> I just listen to a ton of them. So, yeah. and I like to write about them, but yeah, I would, I would, I'm sure I'll be communicating with you about it because I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, and I think I'm excited just to even hear the dynamic, uh, between the two of you. Um, you talk about each other so lovingly and mm. I just, I think you'll be <laughs> great together on a podcast. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> I really only have one more question about the book itself. And then, um, 
then I'll give you some some time to like plug whatever you want to okay, sure. plug. One of the things that stuck out to me the most about the book in particular, more than like any of the other ways I've consumed this story, is how how Nexium weaponized trust and friendships like to this really insidious degree. Um, and when, when you left and these other high ranking members left Mark and Bonnie, um, what was it like for all of you to try to trust each other while you were going public mm-hmm. when all of your trust had just been like shattered over the years? So that's, again, another unique question. Um, I will say it was really difficult um, everybody was very raw and, you know, there's uh, the friendships that I made in the structure of Nexium, but not, almost none of them survived. Like the people that I met there, especially, um, not so much Nippy because I wasn't his superior in mm-hmm. the ranking system, I did get to be a higher rank, which I think Keith did so that he, that would emasculate him. Like, I think they kept Nippy at a lower level so he didn't mm-hmm. feel good. Um, but he didn't, it didn't really work because he didn't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. Like, Nippy would, it's a little sidebar, Nippy would, like, not show up to stuff or, like, do the things he was supposed to do. And he'd be like, what are they going to do? Cut my pay? Because, like, he he just never really made much money. And so he was, yeah. like, not motivated versus, like, I, w- I was making money. Mm-hmm. And so I was, like, more obedient and, like, trying to do all the right things. And, and I'm also, like, externally a good girl, although inwardly I'm a, a little rebel, as we've, t- as we've come to find out. But, I feel um, that on a deep level. I'm, like, a big rule follower, but also... Like I will protest. Yeah, <laughs> you <know>? totally. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I will come push to a certain point. I'm like, I will tell someone to go fuck themselves. But I'm like, okay, sure. I'll take my shoes off. Like, what do you want me to do? Okay, I'll bow. Thank you, Vanguard. Okay. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit inside. But anyway, um, friendships. Yeah, I think like the ranking system. You know, and just for the same thing for me, there were people that were under me in the ranking system, but that I was also friends with. The only friends that really survived in terms of like close friendships were friends that I had from beforehand. Mm-hmm. So friends that I knew before, um, like the girl who plays Paige, plays the girl whose name is Paige in my book. That's not her real name. <laughs> she was my friend from, you know, way before and we were really close and I've, I've known her for a long time. And, um, we're fine, you know, um, yeah. but the friends that like, even with Mark and I, like we're, we're fine now, but there was, there was times when I'm, you know, I wanted to handle things differently or do things differently. And, um, and I'd be like, you know, inside, I'm like, you're not my green. Like we're, we're not, you're not my, you're not my lieutenant, you know, or whatever, yeah. what's, what's the term above somebody in the, in the army or, or, or whatever. But I, I feel like, um, it's taken time to let that settle and, you know, I hope that we're going to be friends for life, but generally, um, there was a lot of mistrust in leaving and enough trust for us to be a united front insofar as, you know, we got Keith behind bars. Like we were, there were times when we were like, okay, we might not agree with how to deal with this right now, but we have to be united front because otherwise Keith wins. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's the best way I could answer that. I think. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you doing this so, so much. Um, would you like to tell people where they can find you and follow you sure. and your podcast and anything you're working on now that you want to tell us? Yeah, about? great. 
So you can read the book um, on, or listen to it on Audible. It's probably the easiest thing um, to do or like anywhere you can get audio version of books. <laughs> and then it's available anywhere books are sold. Amazon's probably the easiest. And you can follow me on Instagram, Sarah Edmondson. And it's Sarah Edmondson, E-D, son of Edmund. Everyone spells it wrong, E-D-M-O-N-D-S-O-N. <laughs> um, and also a little bit culty. We just started that podcast you please the most important thing i've heard is to go on to podcast and subscribe yes um give it a good rating if you like it um also instagram we just started our own a little bit culty page there's only three posts but we're getting we're just, we just started and i think that's it i think those are the main things podcast the book all right yeah. great uh i'm so excited for the podcast um Listeners, I highly recommend this book. Uh, and also just, I should note that in addition to Sarah's story in her own words, there are also pictures. Um, mm-hmm. there are, I-, I loved the, like that we could see your actual handwriting, like on the exercises that you did <laughs> and like the, the modules and brochures and there are screenshots of text messages. Um, it's just like a really, uh, full picture of, of her story. And I think, I think listeners will really enjoy it. So. Go get awesome. it. Awesome. Thank you. I Thank so you appreciate so that. Much I forgot for about the pictures. Here. Oh, yeah. I, I loved this. It, it's <laughs> nice to, like, put faces to stuff, too, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and there's a very cute wedding picture, of course, <laughs> if you want to see Nippy as well. <laughs> so, Sarah, thank you so, so much for being here. Thanks for um, having me. This was a blast. And um, looking forward to the podcast. Awesome. You have to let, me, let me know what you think. Okay, I will. That was great. Yeah. Thanks. We're so honored to yes. have her um, as a guest, and there's no one better to interview her than Susan. So That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, this is just like a fun little fact, and it's because I'm about to plug her podcast. Um, the Like a couple days later, she messaged me on Instagram and was like, hey, what was that one question you asked me that I said I hadn't been asked before because I'm interviewing – Leah Remini today and I want to ask her that question and I was like oh my god hold on I'll copy and paste you the exact question wow two degrees from Leah Remini two degrees you guys (laughs) but this is all to say you can listen to Sarah's podcast um, that she and her husband host together it's called a little bit culty so they talk about cult stuff but also just things that are like Kind of culty, kind of but not like quite. MLMs. Like MLMs. Yes. <laughs> Things like that. But they interview a lot of great cult experts. There are like five or six episodes out now, but and one of them is with Leah Remini. Um so Sarah is also a great interviewer, and so is her husband Nippy, who you also saw in the vow. Um, Look, so yeah, listen to great. that podcast. Um, and then you can get her book anywhere you buy books. And she reads the audiobook herself and she's oh, a great cool. narrator. Their relationship made me happy watching that. Me too. Because I was like, oh, look, she said this shit happened to me. And he was like, what the fuck? We got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, he yelled <laughs> like, at people immediate response. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. was nice to see. So That's the response you want when you tell your husband you've been through a trauma. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Anger on your behalf and then action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So shout out to Sarah and Nippy. Yeah. <laughs> and their Yay. love. Yay. Yeah. Love is 
what on. is on the blog? Why book clubs here? Yeah. We talk about yes. a lot. So a by Darcy Little it. Badger, and we had Todd come on and write about it with us because he also read it, and uh, we loved it. We loved it. We loved it, and we love Darcy Little Badger, and we're excited. Ten to see out of five stars. Twelve. Speaking out of, five of stars. HBO. Uh, <laughs> Another great segue by Kelly. Yes. She is on fire. I know. I'm just killing it over here. Susan and I wrote a blog post about the docu-series Alan V. Farrow, um, which is on HBO. It's a four-part series about uh, the um, allegations against – very true allegations that we believe <laughs> against Woody Allen um, by his – uh, adopted daughter Dylan Farrow. It's a very good series, and Susan and I just talked a little bit about why. Um, so yeah, check that out, and definitely watch the show if you haven't. It's super informative, and like as a former Woody Allen fan, <laughs> um, who had already reconciled that before watching this, it's not like this was completely new information to me, but it, it just, just nailed kind of- the coffin shut. Yeah, it really did. It was really, I mean, the coffin has been nailed shut for a while because I read her sort of uh, open letter that she came out with a couple years back. um, And that was like enough for me. Uh, But that's apparently not enough for some people. So if you still aren't sure, uh, I really encourage you to watch this. Um, Yeah. Uh, I wrote a declaration of intent (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to read the abortion chronicles by garth nix this is a series that my friend has wanted me to read for years so kyle i'm reading it for you and after i published this blog he texted me and said i'm rereading it with you Aww. so i'm now excited you cannot go back on your word on your deck i really can't like mm-hmm. it's public now <laughs> a promise about the ab Borson Chronicles mm-hmm. is a promise only you and Kyle can make, <laughs> and only you and Kyle. The thing can is, is like I've owned it for years, yeah. and he's been trying to get me to read it for years. And it came down to he was like, "I'll try my best to get a COVID vaccine if you read it." And he got his <laughs> last shot today. There you go. What That's the funny. heck? He got his last shot before I got my last. Shot? Everyone's got their last shot already, but me. It's that like, Moderna what? life. It's that four mm-hmm. week life. Yeah, that's a long window. Um, so I wrote a blog post about, um, books coming out in 2021 by AAPI authors. As you all know, um, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure how to say this, but racism is alive and well in America, um, for everybody, but we're seeing a lot of violence towards, um, Asians in America specifically, um, and reading books about the Asian American experience doesn't fix that, but um, it definitely doesn't hurt. Um, and reading other people's stories, as I've talked about on the podcast before, is how we learn empathy. Um, and so, you know, it's a good step in the right direction to um, make sure that you're including these voices in your reading life. And so um, I have a stack of books. Um, on this blog that I recommend that I think are going to be great. Um, and yeah, I'm planning on reading all of them. So come along with me and read them as well. 
and then donate and volunteer. And mm-hmm. I have links to that info as well on the blog. So there. Speaking of books, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Speaking of books we read, we've read. Um, mm-hmm. There's a new edition of Queer Girl Book Club yeah. out. Uh, Emily and I read They Never Learn by Lane Fargo, um, mm-hmm. which is a thriller about rape revenge, basically. Yes. <laughs> Love a good revenge thriller. So um, when I got this book, I really wanted to read it. And so I, I picked this book. Yes, um, this is Emily's choice. Really, so, yeah. Kelly, did we, you didn't did pick we a like thriller? It? Let the yeah. record show. I did not pick this. I would yeah. not pick this. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I went along with it. It was fine. Yes. Um, anyway, so there's that. And then also, Emily. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, we did that. Speaking of and thrillers. <laughs> speaking of thrillers and posts by Emily and I. Uh, Emily and I both happened to watch the worst movie on Netflix. <laughs> Actually, there's probably a lot of movies just as bad on Netflix. Netflix has a lot of bad movies, but a particularly this is, this is bad and new bad. film called Deadly mm. Illusions. Uh, you know certain- what? I bet when you said worst film on Netflix, a lot of people were like, oh, and knew exactly what we probably. were talking about. Without us it's, saying anything. It's infamous at this point. Yeah. Um, it's awful. It's truly awful. Get uh, ready because so, this blog post is like a fever dream. Um, I'm excited. There's really like, no other way In the way style to do of Deadly Illusions. <laughs> <laughs> I, we wrote this blog post on an unlined printer paper while smoking a cigar. Yes, while wearing each other's wet swimsuit bottoms. And putting uh. my dirty boots on top of my desk. What? <laughs> Mary, that I feel like you and I have to watch cool. it and then write a response that is equally <laughs> <Yes>. unhinged. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's so bad. I want everyone to watch it. Yeah, like, I really just, do. <laughs> it's hard to believe. Like, yes, because Emily I mean, watched it and she it. was like, "This is so bad." And then I was like looking for like a stupid bad movie to watch, and I was like, "Oh, You're I like, heard, well, like, Emily said well. this was terrible." Uh, and we watched it, and wow, it was worse. <laughs> yeah. At the end of like, the movie, my friend was like, that was worse than I ever could have imagined. <laughs> yeah, like, however, if you haven't watched it yet, listener, um, however bad you think it is, it's worse. I you promise no you idea. it's worse than that. Now you're thinking it's worse than what you just thought, it's still worse <laughs> than that. <laughs> like, keep going. It's I, really bad. I will add in here, not on the blog, but an interstitial promo. All three, that's right, three episodes of my guest spot on the Maniculum podcast are available Ooh. now. The episodes are titled The Wonders of the Far East. That is Ooh. what we read and enjoyed together. It too is a fever dream of a journey. <laughs> so please go check out the Maniculum fever podcast. <laughs> We will link to that as well yes. now that the link is available. Uh, what's next? Next on the pod, it's still me. <laughs> next on the pod, we are going to be joined by Tirza Price. Woo! Woo! I'm so excited um, about this whole thing. Tirza Price, the author of Pride and Premeditation. Um, 
she is going to be joining us to read Makeup Breakup by Lily Manon. So excited about. So excited. Our next other episode, we are going to be talking with the author of Whisper Down the Lane, Clay McLeod Chapman. We have read. I got the book right here. We have read a Clay McLeod Chapman Ooh. book on the podcast before. I also love his work in comic books. He has written some wild storylines in comics. Um, Clay will be joining us as we discuss House of the Devil. Yeah, which must which be is a movie I have not a seen. Movie. I'm so shocked that both of you haven't seen it because it is so exactly the type of movie that I think. Uh, you I'm, will sure. like. I'm shocked I'm so you haven't excited. watched like, it together. As right. many movies as you watch <laughs> well, together that are just look, like this one. We're about to be fully vaccinated, and oh we will be <gasps> oh God, cleared watch- to watch movies together. And we will watch. Mary, we're going to watch this. Movie yes, together. we're going to make popcorn. We are. I love it. I love this. And it's going to be even, even better than movie theater so that we can cats. feel like we watched it with yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I look forward to watching it again. I showed it. I saw it in college and then I made a bunch of my friends watch it a bunch of times because <laughs> I was obsessed with it for some reason. Um, so What if I get obsessed with it? I feel what like I've heard I talk about? like a conference presentation about this movie, but I haven't it's seen it. It's a good it. movie. I'm excited. If you like Satanic Panic... I'm excited that we're just like really continuing down this kind of culty lane. Though, yeah. Because now yeah. we're getting Let's into carry it the, through. the occult as well. Mm-hmm. Some satanic stuff. Make a breakup's not about a cult, sorry. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Nora's ready player too, although maybe the fans The the only are the cult. only cult with makeup breakup is how much Emily and I love the author. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see I tagged you in a post because she I haven't was, she was at giving it yet, away her new YA book? I was like, she was like, you can win this book. Just leave a comment saying why you really want this book and tag your friend. And I was like, I love Sandy Minot. She might be my favorite YA author. I want to tag Mary. And that was it. I was very excited. Speaking of tagging people and posts. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow us on social media at Book Squad Goals. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can visit our website at booksquadgoals.com, and that's also where you can find our blog. You can email us if you have any feedback about this episode or any other episode or book or whatever, literally anything, or if you just want to send us pictures of your um, pets reading books, you can send them to the squad at booksquadgoals.com. Please Remember to subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts specifically because that's the really important one. But if there's like some other random place where you want to leave us a rating and review, we're not going to be mad as long as it's five stars. Um, Thank you for listening. Yeah. (laughs)